Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today I'm going to be talking about Outlawed by Anna North, which is a historical fiction about a group of uh, barren women who form an outlaw gang in the Wild West and steal things. Yep, that's how I'm going to describe it for this uh, real short part right here. So this was my one of my January book of the month picks. I got two books plus my, okay, so, okay, so I got two books, but I really got three, and then the third book was, if you have been a member for long enough, if you've bought, if you got in 12 boxes, then at the end of the year, or in 20, the in January of the next year, you get to pick one of the five top books of the year, right? Okay, so I, I got one of those as well, but I probably won't read that until late February or March or something like that. I don't really know yet, but not for a while, probably. But anyways, this is one of the other ones that I picked, and it was the first one I decided to read, and I'm uh, I'm gonna tell you all about it today, but one second. Before we get started, I would just like to say that my closet is not big enough for me to record, and I'm still, so you know, it's my new microphone. The audio quality is way better. So happy about that, but I have issues like I still try after I record about a minute, I'll pause and I'll listen back to part of it just to make sure that it's loud enough and that you can hear me clearly and stuff like that. And I am still having some issues with listening to it. I don't know. It's something about like the sound won't come through when I have the microphone plugged into the computer. I don't really know. And I also learned how to do a two recording. No, that's not, I don't know what it's called, but like if you record audio, you can either do It's like a normal track or there's like the left, right. And I figured out how to change it to left, right now. However, my music is just, just the one. So then I'd have to go find, have to make it two. So that's kind of a lot of work. So we're going to stick with the one for right now because it's working for me. And anyways, now I'm just rambling because I don't want to start. Yeah. So before we get started, I'm going to spoil this book. So if you don't want Outlawed by Anna North to be spoiled, stop here go read the book. It's pretty short. It's like 250 pages, 260 pages, something like that. And then come back and listen to me and all my thoughts and the plot summary, which we'll see how this one goes. But that's kind of what I have to say before I get started. So let's get into the plot summary. So this book takes place in 1894, 1895, about then. And it takes place, like I said, in the West. So also though this, so I said it's a historical fiction, which is technically true. However, it's in an alternate universe where there was this flu that killed like 90% of people in America and probably the world. I don't know, but in America we're focusing on here. And then the United States fell apart and now there's just like no government. You just like cities. I don't, I don't really entirely understand. And there's this whole thing where Christianity is around but now everybody worships baby Jesus and so it's like not just like Jesus like you know the general dude who was like 30 and like doing cool things nah we're talking about baby Jesus now and like the whole thing is that women have to have babies for baby Jesus and if you don't then you're a witch which is basically kind of what this is about sort of so our main character Ada at the beginning of the book it talks about how she got married when she was like 17 or 18 I don't really remember and she was happy with her husband at first but it got to be six, seven, eight months into the marriage and no children. So then her mom says, you know, it's not always the man's fault because, oh, okay, so we, we got to say this. So her mom is the midwife of the town that she lives in. She lives in the Dakotas, 
But then the rest of the book takes place not there. I don't know where. So another state nearby, maybe. And so Ada is training to be a midwife as well. So she's got a lot of the skills. So her mom's like, you know, it's not always the woman's fault. So then she is um, meeting up with this man, you know, every uh, the time of her cycle and hopefully to get pregnant so that she doesn't uh, become killed. Because basically at this time in this book, I don't know if this was how it really happened at this time, but in this book, women who cannot have children are considered to be witches and are killed by their town. So, you know, her mom doesn't want that to happen because she's like, that's not true. But her mom explains that if you can't replace this idea in people's heads with facts, then they won't believe you. They just want to believe in witches because that is easier for them to understand than a scientific thing that they haven't figured out right yet, right? Well, Ada does not get pregnant and it's a year into the marriage and her husband and his family learns that she's been sleeping with this other guy. So he divorces her and she goes back to her mom's house with her three younger sisters. And at first everything looks like it's going to be okay, but then a flu or some other sickness comes in and three women who are pregnant lose their babies and they all blame Ada, even her former best friend, and say that she's a witch and has cursed her. So Ada needs to run away. Her mom sends her to a convent and while she's there, she doesn't really like it. She is copying books for one of the sisters because if she copies the books, then she will get She's trying to figure out about what causes women to be barren and if there's a way to fix it and like if anybody knows why. So she's kept the books to get them in return and she learns of this woman, Mrs. Alice Schaefer, who has a laboratory or something somewhere, I don't remember where, somewhere in the West and is doing studies to figure it out and is saying that it's not witchcraft, like blah, blah, blah. So she's like, I want to go there. And the mother superior says... If you don't want to be here at the convent, then I have another option for you. And the other option is the Hole in the Wall Gang. So basically, the Hole in the Wall Gang is run by the kid. And everybody believes the kid to be this man, like this big, strong man, and who runs a gang of outlaws who all um, steal things. You know, typical, like, outlaw gang sort of thing. And I'm using the word gang because that's what they use in the book. Because now I'm saying it a bunch of times. I'm like, oh, I'm not talking about like today's gangs. And I want people to be like, Emma. So, you know, we're just throwing that out there. And we're going to continue on with the plot summary. Okay, so she decides that, okay, I'll go join the Hole in the Wall gang. And she gets there and it turns out that the Hole in the Wall gang is um not made up of men, but women. And almost all of them are barren women who have been thrown out of their towns or relationships or whatnot for all of them for different reasons but mostly because they were barren and seen as witches it is run by the kid and the kid i understand to be non-binary because they talk about how the kid isn't a man or a woman so the kid is non-binary i understand and goes by the kid and throughout the entire book there's no like pronouns ever used it's just the kid so that's like i gotta remind myself that's how i'm gonna do it here just the kid right okay so the kid and Cassie are the two who are kind of in charge. They're the ones that started the outlaw group. And Cassie doesn't really like taking in new people because she thinks like they have more chances to be caught. You don't know where they came from. They could be a snitch, all this different stuff. But they end up, she ends up being convinced that they're going to keep Ada because Ada proves her worth by saying that I'm a doctor. I can, and a midwife. But they're like, we don't need a midwife. But like she can, as a doctor, 
tend to any of their needs and stuff like that, any medical needs, stuff like that. So they're like, okay, we'll keep her. And they go to teach her how to be an outlaw. So there are eight people in the group, including Adam. So we already have the kid, Cassie, Elsie, who is um, in charge of teaching uh, Ada how to shoot a gun. Ada's very bad at shooting guns and never gets better, which is part of the plot. You've got Lo, who used to run with a theater group, and she's the one that teaches all of them to act as men and is kind of like their costume person because she learned how to do it back in the day when she used to be in this like traveling Shakespeare theater group, you know? So that's why everybody thinks the hole in the wall gang is a group of men because they dress like men and they try and, and they pass and pretend to be men because it's safer for them to do it that way. Um, then you have got Agnes Rose, who um, is just there. She's kind of fun, but I don't really know what her exact role is. She kind of plays like the female role, like whenever they need to do something and they go undercover. She doesn't dress as a man usually. She goes as a woman and like does the flirting or the anything else that they need done. You have Texas who is in charge of the horses. Am I missing someone? News. I am missing someone. News. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut out my whole thing about me talking. That's a reminder to myself. Anyways. Okay. So then the last member of the group is news and news is, uh, I don't know exactly what her role is, but she also does a lot of undercover work and she's also black, which is a big part of the plot. And the story is that I believe she's the only person in the group who is a person of color. But this is like at this time, like slavery falls apart, even though, no, just kidding. The Civil War would have happened. But like there are obviously a lot of racial tensions and a lot of people that they meet when they're out and about don't like news because she is black. Okay. So that's kind of part of it. And she, again, like I said, does a lot of undercover work and stuff like that for them, or at least in the book she does. And Cassie's kind of their cook and the kid is their leader. Okay. So that's everybody. So they're all teaching her. Texas teaches her how to ride a horse, like blah, blah, blah. And then Ada's like, okay, I'm ready to go out on my first mission. So she volunteers and they're going to steal gold bars or something from the back of a wagon with these only two people there, a guard and the driver, right? So it's the kid, Elsie, and Ada who are all going out. And the kid and Elsie are going to be the ones who stop them and like keep their attention on them. And Ada's only job is to get the bars off and loaded into their saddlebags on their horses so that they can ride away. However, she is green, right? Which means she like is new and doesn't know what she's doing. And she gets kind of nervous by how the um, guard is acting and she tries to shoot him. I think she hits his leg or something. I don't quite remember. And then he shoots Elsie in the arm and then they have to shoot both of Then they have to kill the guard and um, the driver who turns out her father and son. And she blows the whole thing because Elsie almost dies. She's able to save Elsie by... Um, like taking out the bullet and like stitching it up and whatever. And luckily it doesn't get infected, but it's, she gets shot in her dominant arm and she gets nerve damage. So she's their best sharpshooter, right? And she's never able to shoot as well as she used to be because of this. And because that happens, everybody's really mad at her. They don't really almost like, actually like every single person is like, why did we take Ada in? They don't throw her out, but nobody really talks to her. They're all quite rude to her and they're like very upset about everything right so she feels horrible about this whole thing and she wants to try and make it better so she's like doing her best but again people are not very happy with her 
Um, also, the sheriff of her town is on the lookout trying to find her because, you know, they want to hang her for being a witch. So, yeah, that happens. And so then the next thing that happens is she goes on another mission. I don't remember why she's the one who goes, but it had to be her for some reason. And it's with Agnes Rose, who is supposed... Oh, I remember why. So they are going to uh, steal something out of the saddlebag of this guy who his job is to bring to the bank the notice of the big, like, rich uh, rancher guy. And so they're going to steal it from him before he gets there. And Agnes Rose has been undercover there for a while, flirting with him. And she's going to convince him to go upstairs. And they're going to give him some laudanum. Laudanum. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Laudanum. I don't know. You know, whatever. And they're going to give him a couple drops of it or one drop. I don't really remember. So he falls asleep so she doesn't have to sleep with him and they can steal it. So News and um, Ada are out and they're dressed as cowboys and they meet with... um, this dude whose name I forget and Lark and they are two kind of thieves as well and they're talking about how they've heard that the bank manager's going away for a year or whatever to go see his daughter or something and now the bank guards are slacking and there's only two instead of four and they're all drunk and whatever right so that keep that in mind but when the, it turns out so the reason she's there is because she's the doctor and whatever and Agnes Rose is trying to give her another chance but what ends up happening is that what they find in the, they steal a saddlebag and what's in there is that the big rancher guy's actually in a lot of debt. So they, then winter comes and where they are hidden out, there's so much snow that they can't get through the passage. So they're stuck in their like place until the snow melts. And that was supposed to be their big payout for the end of the year. And so they have a really hard winter where they have really like no money, no no food. I mean, they can't go anywhere and they all like, it, tensions are high. During this time, the kid confines, confides in Ada that they, that the kid um, has sleeping issues, insomnia. So she gives the kid some ideas of like laudanum and some other things that the kid can use to sleep. But the kid also confides in Ada, Ada well, all the names coming together. Anyways, the kid also confides in Ada that the kid has some sort of, I don't, some sort of illness in which the kid believes that it, it is possible that the kid can go into the space where they believe, where the kid believes that the group could do anything, that nothing in the world could touch the kid, like all this different stuff. I'm not doing great about saying the kid instead of they, because I'm trying to be, I'm trying to do the proper pronouns and there were no pronouns at all. So I just got to keep going back to the kid. Anyways, sorry, I'm doing a poor job of that. Anyways, the kid tells Ada that if the kid gets too bad, that the kid needs to go stay in isolation in this cowboy, like, station area. I don't know, this, like, sh- shed, hut, whatever, away from everybody else until the kid feels better because having those lofty ideals could get them all killed. So, but then the kid comes up with this idea that what they're going to do in the spring is they're literally going to steal the entire bank of that town that the saddlebag guy was from because of the fact that the banker is gone and security is low, they could steal all that money and then buy the town and then the town could be a safe haven for all the people like them, for barren women. And also like Cassie and Elsie are in a relationship together. So people who are LGBT, um, so like people like the kid, like all of those people can find, have this place to feel welcome and safe. This is a very dangerous plan that is likely to get them killed 
And so Cassie is against it. Elsie's against it. Lowe's against it. And the kid decides, okay, we'll put it to a vote. The kid ends up getting Ada's tie-breaking vote by promising that if this goes well, the kid will escort her to Mrs. Schaefer's laboratory so that she can work with Mrs. Schaefer about barrenness and figuring out what causes it and all this different stuff. And so Ada votes yes, and it turns out, all right, I guess we're going to do it. There's also... So then they have to figure out, I guess this might have happened before the winter, but whatever. They have to figure out how to make a bomb in order to um, get into the vault and they have to use horse manure and um, a match and whatever. And Ad is the one who's in charge of trying to figure it out. And it's really hard. She almost doesn't figure it out, but then she does at the last minute. They have to steal a carriage, but before that, Cassie and the kid get into this giant fight. Oh, this is like before they decide they're going to put it to vote. Cassie gets hypothermia and almost dies, but Ad is able to save her. Again, this is kind of what people are like, okay, fine. We're forgiving you from almost killing Elsie before. And then they have to steal a carriage. So they call up Lark and that other cowboy whose name I can't remember. And together they are trying to steal this carriage. However, right before they get away... Ada starts arguing with um, this woman about race and like because there was this guy there who was like preaching about how it's what's caused what causes barrenness and what causes like illnesses of different sorts like club foot or like a cleft or like all these other different things he says are the intermix intermixing of races and so she's trying to like protect news and like do all this other stuff but this woman gets a look into their cart that they've stolen and uh, realizes that they stole it. So they get, the sheriff comes after them and uh, Ada and Lark get arrested and thrown into jail. They're like, Ada's a witch. And because they figure out that she is a woman who's dressed as a man, her and Lark come up with this idea that they will get married and try to escape that way. And there's this whole like weird sort of tension where Ada kind of like likes Lark, but it turns out Lark is prob. So here's the thing: Lark's either gay or bisexual because the reason he got chased out of his original town and became an outlaw is because he was seen, or uh, he was caught sleeping with somebody, like the preacher's son or somebody's son or something like that, and he got castrated, which is so awful. And but then they they do convince the guy, the priest, to marry them. So they get married. And they try and run away. However, they get caught. Then all of a sudden, news has come back and got them out of jail with Agnes Rose. I don't know how that happened because it wasn't in the book. It was just like, and now we're free. Whatever. And then the kid is doing really poorly when they get back. So Ada goes to Cassie, tells Cassie what's going on, and they get the kid into the cowboy shelter hut place, whatever. And they decide, okay, fine. Lo leaves them. And then they decide, okay, we're still going to go through with this. And Lark says he will join them. While they are there, something goes wrong and that there is a third guardsman. So the third guardsman shoots Lark, but they are able to steal the contents of the bank vault. And they go back, but it's a week later and they're getting ready to make the purchase of the town. However, the people aren't desperate for it to be bought. Instead, they have sent sheriffs from like three different, three or four different towns and counties, including the sheriff from at his hometown out to the hole in the wall gang to try and get them because when Ada was in jail this was so stupid of her I was so annoyed she was telling Lark about like the hole in the wall like where it was there was literally a hole in the wall 
of like this like stone wall or whatever. And so that's how they're able to find them. They get, they run away, they split up and Ada almost dies. And then by some random, by the sheriff from the place she got arrested at. And then she escapes by, I think Texas comes and saves her. And then they make it to the wall and then there's a shootout. And then the kid comes and the sheriff tries to kill Ada, but ends up failing because the kid shoots him instead and uh, the sheriff is all like I know you're not a witch but the people need something to believe in and that's that you're a witch which is so messed up and then you know women start making their way to the hole in the wall because the story grows and they never do buy the town but instead they start taking in these women and they're deciding they're going to plant and different stuff but the kid holds up the kid's side of the bargain and Ada goes to find Mrs. Schaefer. Turns out she has been run out of town and isn't there, but Ada takes up her place as the new midwife in town and becomes a doctor and helps women in like researches about fairness. And that's the end of the story. Wow. What a long plot summary. Remember when I had a six minute one last week that was totally incoherent, incoherent. At least this time I feel like I told you a story. So here we go. Let's get into the discussion section. First of all, let's start with something short. So something that does not matter. And that is that this book used the phrase not unkindly at least three times. I hate this phrase. If you don't know what it means, not unkindly is usually meant when whatever the person says isn't very nice, but they're trying but the author's trying to show you or whatever they say or do, the character isn't nice, but they're trying to show that they didn't mean it in a mean way. But it just bothers me like not unkindly it's just like stupid just say they said it kindly because not and un cancel each other out like I understand it's different because to be kind and to be unkind but then to be not unkind doesn't necessarily mean that you are being kind but it's so annoying I just hate the phrase not unkindly and I had to read it twice within like five pages and it just really bugged me and it was something I thought about how much I hate that phrase and so I wrote it down so that you can all know that I hate the phrase not unkindly. Like, cannot stand it, would never use it in my own writing. Bugs me so much whenever I see it in a book. And to have to see it three times in the same book, not a fan. But okay, let's let's get into like my overall opinion of this book. Because I picked it up because I was like, historical fiction I do enjoy. I've never read like a Wild West historical fiction. And I was very intrigued by this idea of an all- female slash non-binary outlaw group you know because normally it's just like men and they're like oh I'm a cowboy I'm a I'm an outlaw thief and yeah I'm a man but now we got some women and some non-binary folks and it's just like sweet what's up but here's the issue I did end up liking this book but let me read you this quote I gotta find it first this quote from Agnes Rose at the end of the book that kind of sums up what my issue with this book was okay so they're talking about at the end they've just stolen all this money from the bank or from fiddleback apparently is the name of this town and agnes rose is like kind of she's just kind of gloomy she's not really feeling it before the thing starts right they have to create a diversion and the diversion is to set a fire in this butcher shop so i'm going to read a little bit of this book from a little bit from this book from the end so Ada says, what's wrong? I asked her. I can't stop thinking about the butcher, she said. 
From Fiddleback, I asked, you said he'd be cheering if they hanged us. And that he would, said Agnes Rose, till I thought either we'd die or we'd come back and put all the gold back into the town. I never thought we'd just take all these people, all those people's gold and keep it. Aggie, I said gently as I could, you've robbed people before. Don't insult me, she said. I'm not stupid. I know what I am. But there's always something you tell yourself before every job. And in Fiddleback, I told myself, if we survive this, we're coming back and repaying these men and women 10,000-fold by showing them a new way to live. And now I know we won't do that. It just eats at me. That's all. And I feel like that portion right there really sums up what the issue I have with this book was. And I don't want to sound like all high and mighty, but I feel like Agnes there that like, yes, those people would have hung them. And yes, they would have been really mean to them and called them witches and tried to kill them and all these different things. But they, it's like how she, let me see. So like, but they stole this money, all the livelihoods of like hundreds of people, probably not thousands because, you know, it's back in the day. Could be, probably not, probably just hundreds, which is still a lot. Anyways, and they were supposed to bring the money back and they were supposed to show them a new way to live. But instead, they just stole the money. And now all these people like have no way to live because they literally stole all the money from the bank. So no people in that town have money. And so now how are they to live? You know, they can't buy food. They can't buy clothes. They can't fix their houses. They can't do anything like that because they don't have any money. Nobody in the town has money. And that's just like a problem. And I feel like Agnes Rose there where it was like, it was hard to read some of the stuff they did because normally like, it's not that I don't like an outlaw story of any sort. And it's not like I can't cheer for them, but it was just difficult, especially like here at the end when it was like normally, you know, like a Robin Hood sort of thing where it's like steal from the rich or steal from bad people or anything like that. And you're like, yeah, you're bad or you have millions and millions of dollars that you don't need. Like, I feel less bad that you got stolen from like Ocean's 8. I don't feel that like I'm rooting for the group in Ocean's 8 to steal that necklace, right? That Cartier necklace and make all that money because nobody's getting hurt. Whereas here, it's like the people are seriously like getting hurt. Or like when they stole the money from the truck and then killed, or not the truck, there's no trucks, from the carriage and then the people died. Like I, I felt bad about that. So it's like the, my problem here that I couldn't get into it as much as I wanted to was just that like, like Agnes Rose said, like there's something you tell yourself. And I said that we were, the money was going back to the town and we were showing them a new way to live but it never happened. And it just then it it sits oddly. At least it sat oddly with me. I don't know about anybody else. Let me know what you guys thought. But it sat oddly with me in a way that kept me from loving the story. I could only like it because of that fact. So I hope that makes sense. I don't know if I don't know if other people would agree with me on that point or not. Maybe other people are just like they would have killed them. So who cares? Like they they should get the money. Like whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's how you feel. But to me, it was just like, ugh, it just felt wrong. Even though those other people would have been mean. I don't know if that just says something about me that like, I'm more of a, I don't want to say I'm a turn the other cheek sort of person, but I'm not a let me rob your entire city blind and leave y'all to scramble sort of person, you know? I don't know. But on the opposite end, what I really did like about this book was the feminist and I said oh I thought that said radical but it doesn't say radical it says racial message so like this idea 
So the, the, I don't know if that makes sense. Okay, so like what I really liked, I did like that it was like a female non-binary group of outlaws, which was really fun. It was different. It was cool. I also liked that a lot of them had this background story of being barren and like how that played a role in their lives and developments and how they became outlaws. And then just also how barren women were treated back then was a very interesting thing to kind of discover and to like delve into and look at and analyze or whatever. I don't know what word I'm looking for, but I really liked that aspect of the story. And I also really enjoyed this idea of Ada failing at talking about race, which sounds odd, but like, so basically there's a couple different points in the book where she's out and about in public with news and she's trying to stand up for news by saying things like, it's not scientifically true that like a white and a black person having a child means the child's going to be like ill or disformed or disfigured or barren or like any of these different things, right? Or just like in general, like people being mean to news because she is black. And Ada is trying to stand up for her and, you know, talk about science or like do these other different things. And news is just like, leave it alone, let's go. And every time Ada tries to do that, some issues occur, you know, like the person catching them trying to steal this cart, this carriage. So that was that was a bit of an issue. But like what I liked about it was that it kind of showed this idea of like a young white woman trying to be trying to do the right thing regarding race and things like that and intersectionality and whatever, but failing and just like how your good intentions don't always work. Does that make sense? They don't always, like, you shouldn't, mm, not you shouldn't, but, like, that they don't always work out right. Like, they're not always helpful. That's what I'm looking for, that your intentions are not always helpful. Ada trying to stick up for news in those situations were not helpful. And news goes on to explain to Ada that, like, these people, like, they don't care about your science. Like, they don't care about that. Like, you can't educate them. And I'm not saying that you can't educate. I'm just saying what news is saying, so stuff like that. But I just kind of appreciated that because it's also like that is a role that I could find myself inhabiting at some point, trying to speak up against racism or against homophobia or against uh, any other sort of thing, right? Any Anything else other than that in which I don't find myself a part of that group. And trying to do the right thing does not always mean that you are or that it will work out or that it is appreciated because you were an ally in that sort of sense, right? It doesn't always mean that what you're doing is necessarily helpful. And so I kind of appreciated that sort of, I don't know if it's a commentary, I don't know, but like I appreciated that in the book because it's just kind of like showing you like, okay, you can have good intentions and you can try to be helping, but sometimes it's just not. And not necessarily that that means you shouldn't try, especially like, I don't think you should not try, but like in today's day and time, okay, well, I failed. Okay. So now I need to educate myself. I need to learn like how I can do better next time and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily what this book was telling us to do, but you can see like at least like young white women or other white people, especially when you're talking about race, like could see and connect with Ada in that sense and be like, okay, have I done this myself? all right, how can I do better? How can I listen to people of like, how can I listen to black people in this example? And then like do what's actually helpful instead of what I think is helpful because you don't necessarily know, right? So I did enjoy that of the book. And like I said, like I did like this idea of the, 
of the female non-binary outlaw group. I liked this idea of an exploration of non-heterosexual couples during this time when you have Lark and like how he got castrated and how that was really awful. But then you also have Cassie and Elsie having their relationship and it being seen like as a good thing and like all that different stuff. I think it was interesting to see like LGBTQ people in 1890 Wild West, you know, like you also have the kid and the kid being non-binary and it just being like, this is a thing that everybody in the outlaw group has accepted and it just being like, all right. And then how just hearing the kid's story as well was also interesting with that. Let's see. Um, another thing was I thought the historical, I'm going to call it historical AU, historical alternate universe was kind of interesting because when I first started, like when I picked up the book, I didn't realize it was an alternate reality, alternate universe where it like diverged from our time where like most of the things, you know, like the clothes, the technology, the whatever, like all of that stuff is there, right? But then you've got like a different sort of town settlement and manipulated Christianity because theirs was like a little bit different than like what our Christianity is or like what Christianity in the modern world or at that time in real life would have been. But so it was kind of interesting. Like I think it made sense for the storytelling purposes to make it be a historical alternate universe because the story made more sense that way. Like but I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of did like it, though. I thought it was kind of fun. And I think just like the last... Oh, you know what I got to talk about? The cover of this book. First of all, let me plug my Instagram here. Go check out at I read a book once blog on Instagram. And you can DM me about your thoughts. But also check out the cover of Outlawed because I don't like this cover. Now, one of my favorite booktubers, Noelle Gallagher, I think that's her last name. Anyways, her name is Noelle. I really like her a lot. She's super funny. Anyways, she thinks this book cover is stunning in her words. She calls a lot of book covers stunning. It makes me laugh. I do not think this book cover is stunning. I find it kind of... Uh, it, here's the problem. I don't like modern art and it really reminds me of modern art. And one time I had a panic attack in a modern art museum because of the modern art, not because of anything going on in my life. The modern art just scared me so bad I had a panic attack. I don't know what to tell you about that. It was a low point. Anyways, what I do appreciate about this cover, if you're not going to look it up or whatever, at the top, it says outlawed in all red letters. And then underneath there is a reverse image. So there's a cowboy hat, red lips, a red bandana on top of this background of like a blue sky with clouds, but there's no actual face or shoulders or body or anything. It's just those things that I listed which is why I don't like it because it kind of like creeps me out a little bit in this weird way. So like, I don't like this cover because of the modern artness. I do appreciate that it looks like a wanted poster with outlawed in the all capital letters and that font they used on wanted posters. And then there's like this image of the person, except it's, they're not really there. So I appreciate that aspect of it. However, it's just it's just too modern arty for me. And like I said, I just, I can't with the modern art. There's some, like, and it's not, I'm not talking, I don't like multiple kinds of modern art, you know, like a streak of blue on a canvas is worth a million dollars. No, I could have done that. That's ridiculous. But I'm talking about like now, like almost like the postmodern art where it's like, I'm just doing hand motions, which you cannot see because this is a podcast and not a video. However, I don't know how to explain it, but it, there's something about it that really just sits not well with me. 
that's that on the cover. I don't typically talk about the covers, but I had to on this one because I just did not like it and I thought you needed to know. Um, I think I have to end it there, even though I will just say real quickly, like, I did have questions about Lark because he, like, willingly married Ada and then they had some version of sex at some point. And, um, so I feel like he must have been bisexual, not just gay, if he, like, willingly was like, yeah, I want to have some sex with you, but I don't really know, so I just had questions about that, but, like, I don't have time to talk about it, but if you guys have opinions on Lark, let me know. You can DM me at my Instagram. Remember, it's I read a book once blog. You could send me an email at I read a book once blog at gmail.com, or you could check out my website. I absolutely never update because I am busy with my life, but then I'm not busy, like, and then I just read instead, so I don't know, but that's I read a book once blog dot com. There's some blog posts there about reading and books and stuff like that. Uh, next time, I'm going to be talking about Echoes by Alice Reads, which is a YA mystery thriller, sort of. I'll explain it more next week, but these two high school students um, are stuck in like two realities. It's hard to, I'm not really sure. There's a plane crash and they're on a deserted island, but like people are experimenting on them. I don't know. It's a good book though. I've read this first one before, but I got the second one for Christmas, but I read the first one like two years ago. So I had to refresh my memory. So I'll be telling you more about that next week. So thank you for listening and I'll catch you guys next time.